Good morning, cross training. Can you hear me? Okay, good. All right, Jaden, Isaac, come on up. They're going to open us in the Word and get us started. So we have a passage that I think will go on the screen. Somehow that happens, I think. There it is. All right, go ahead. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's. We gotta make sure this is going too. Check, check. Good. All right. Two, two. <laughs> but the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated to them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, "All the, uh, <laughs> all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. Good job. All right, good job. All right, good job, you guys. Let's pray. Father God, we need a word from you today. Father God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've been in this place. You've been ministering to hearts today already. And Lord, we just welcome you to continue to minister to us. Lord, speak to us in your word. Father, please give us what we asked for. You know what we prayed in secret. Lord, do a miraculous thing in our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. Get a hold of us. That we would hear from heaven today. That we would hear from heaven today, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to start off, uh, uh, my name is Scott McAllister. Um, I see a lot of guests here today uh, that might have gotten a text or a call or something from me or Stephanie. Uh, so thank you for being here. Um, and you know what, guys, I'm just so proud of all of Cross Train. I'm so proud of you guys to see what the Holy Spirit does through people, how he demonstrates he's alive today in people. And I think our guests, my hope, and I know that Cross Train's hope is that maybe you've experienced something, maybe God showed you something, maybe you already have a church home, but maybe God's birthing in your heart something that can go back and, and be life-giving to the bodies that you belong to, Amen. right? Because that's what God wants. The Lord is after a pure and spotless bride, is he not? And he who began a good work in us is going to see it through to completion, is he not? How is he going to do it? He's going to show us. He's already shown us in his word. And so, he wants to give us something today. I believe this 100%. He wants to deliver a package. And if you're hearing something from me today and you think, man, Scott, wow, you've missed it. If you leave here today and you have me on your mind, I failed. Does that make sense? I messed up. If you he leave here today and you go, Christ is king, and his finished work on the cross is everything I need to be victorious in this life. If you leave here today, then, then Christ has been glorified. Right? You guys, we're in serious times. You don't need me to tell you this. We're in serious times. I love what our pastor has said, but that means we're going to double down. <laughs> Who's ready to double down in, in, in the gospel? Let's double down. Let's look at what that looks like. So uh, my kids, my beautiful kids said, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, all authority, I'll pick it up, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I command you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love that little last tagline, to the end of the age. Like he had to like really reaffirm, hey, I'm still with you. Who here is feeling like we're in a battle versus good and evil? Who's watching their TVs and going, man, I don't like what I see. Who's feeling that? You know what Jesus says to you? Because it's a little unnerving, church. 
It's a little unnerving, isn't it? He says, I'm still with you. Even to the end of the age, I got you. I'm with you. I'm in you. I'm here. And I have a word for you, church. That's what he says. I have a word for you. I have a life-giving word. Everyone, raise your arm. I didn't know I was going to do this, but here we are. Let's feel our pulse. You feel that? There's something in medicine. There's something that happens when I go on calls sometimes. And you can look at the heart monitor, and there's a rhythm. But when you go to feel for that pulse, guess what? It ain't there. That phenomenon is called pulseless electrical activity. It looks like there's life. It looks like we're good to go. If I was treating that monitor, I'd be like, well, hey, you're good. But when I look at that patient, I'm like, oh, no, they're dead. Do you know it's possible, church, that we can have pulseless electrical activity? We can look alive, but inside we can really be dead. Do you know that? Thank God for his mighty defibrillator. <laughs> we got one hanging on the back wall now, so we're in good hands, right? We have one. God's word, wants. sometimes he wants to smack us in the face and, and wake us up. I asked the kids on the way to church today, what is revival, kids? What does this mean? And they had a better answer than what I had in my, hand, my head. Isaac, what was that again? Coming alive. Coming alive. Coming from death to life. Defibrillation. Revival. You get it, church? God wants to defibrillate our hearts today. He wants to wake us up. He wants to make us alive for such a time as this. And my goodness, if not now, then when? If not us, then who? Amen. All right, so we have a whole sermon today that could literally just be a series. I'm going to try and just pack us in and get through an entire series in a sermon. How's that sound? You guys ready? You going to buckle up? Here we go. We're going to get into God's word. But before I start, this is the tail end of a series. All right, we're coming to the tail end of a whole series. And I challenge you, if you have not heard this series, please go online uh, check it out. This is the absolute core essentials of biblical Christianity. Okay? This is equipping. The training already started. Pastor Doug's not being full forth in what he's saying. Like, it's not starting now. It already has started. He's, he's already put us in a series that is equipping the saints with every core doctrine that we need to be able to go preach the gospel. Okay, so if you have not done that, go to the website, crosstrain.church. Check out the website, Sola Series. This is the last message in that series. And I'm privileged, thank you, Pastor Doug, for allowing me to have uh, the opportunity to preach God's word today. And I'm just excited for you guys. I'm excited for what he wants to tell us. Today is Missio Day, And if you don't know, the New Testament was written in Greek. So if you're hearing these weird terms like missio, what are we talking about? Okay, it's just Greek. It's just what the Bible, the New Testament was written in. Missio Dei, the mission of God, okay? And we, we heard that in that opening passage, to go out into all the world, preach the gospel, and to make disciples. That's our mission. It never changed. It started 2,000 years ago, and it's still alive today. The solo series, let's talk about it in review. The first was sola gratia. I don't know if I said that right, but I might have rolled something in there that wasn't supposed to be rolled, okay? By grace alone, sola gratia. Do you know that our salvation has nothing to do with how good you are? We can't do this. We can't earn favor with God. It's by his grace alone that he offers the free gift of salvation. Sola fide, through faith alone. It's not about... Um, it's not about how much knowledge we have about God. It's not about how many times we went to church. It's not about how much money we put in the offering basket. It's faith. It's faith, you guys. We can, people have played church their entire lives, and you know where they end up? If they played church and they didn't have faith, they end up in hell. So it's grace alone through faith alone Solas Christus, in Christ alone. You see, there's only one story. 
There's only one book that declares that the God of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, El Hashimim, the God of the heavens, became a man. Only one account of this. And you know what? We hold that right here. The God who made everything we see became a man. And he dwelt among us. Solas Christus. In Christ alone we are saved. By no other name, just Jesus. Sola Scriptura. According to the scripture alone, this is the finished work of God. We have the full, the full word of God right here in our hands. We don't have to add to it, and we don't have to subtract to it. We get all of it right here. You know, other generations didn't have this, but we do, church. We've got it on iPads and iPods and audio style and video style and movies. We have the full word of God. And yet, sadly, we might be the most dumbed down generation of the church. You know what I have found in doing uh, missions work, and we're going to be getting into this, in this later in this message, is that people who don't have printing presses or rightful access to this, you know what they do when they're given it? Oh, tears flow down their face. They're weeping for this book. They're weeping for it, and we neglect it. And God has a fresh message for us every single day if we'll let him. He wants to commune with us. He wants to talk with us, church. Sola de gloria. For the glory of God alone. All this is for his glory. All of it. The worship time today was for his glory. The prayer time, for his glory. The preparation for this sermon, for his glory. Our lives, living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him, for his glory. All of it. I'm looking out at, at cross training. You guys, I'm so proud to be a part of you guys, to be just shoulder to shoulder in the trenches. Uh, we're not perfect. <laughs> we're not. I see, I see friends from when I was a kid. A little, little tyke in, in church, causing trouble, breaking stuff. That was me. Faithful servants. Been serving for a long time. We're here for a purpose, for the glory of God. That's why we're here. All of that, though, all of that is, uh, I'll just read this. We are the image of God, are we not? We're made in his image and his likeness, right? So being the image bearers of God, the whole story that God is telling is that he created us as his image bearers, and then we screwed it all up. We denied the purpose for why he created us. We denied the purpose for why he created us. We were, for the glory of God, we were created to be his image bearers. People were gonna look at humanity and go, wow, God is, God is amazing. God is good, God is magnificent, right? We denied that. We fall short. Adam and Eve fell in the garden, they sinned. And we all have done it our whole lives. We've, we've sinned, right? The good news though, is that what God has done is he's provided a way and he just let us in on the secret that he had planned from eternity past that in his son, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, do you know Yeshua means salvation? Like that's his name. He didn't just do a saving act on the cross. He literally is just living out who he is. I am salvation, he says. (laughs) Crazy. If that doesn't grip you, uh, check, check pulse. Okay. You guys, he he is salvation. All right? So what God had had planned in in, in the original plan for humanity before the fall to be the image bearers of God, and we marred that image, God has now brought us into restoration so that now we can still proclaim and and declare who he is and how great he is. That's who we are. That's the church. Praise God. A little quiet. Are you bored? Okay, all right, just checking. All right, just want to make sure. Okay, so I, I marinated on this. This, this has just been marinating, and Pastor Doug, Elder Jeff, you guys know, like, there is a birthing process of this message throughout the week. You guys hug your pastor, hug your elders, hug, hug your leaders after this. My goodness, it's, they don't just pop up here on a Sunday and just fire something off. Doesn't happen, okay? It's birthed. 
uh, I, I've been meditating about this Sola series. I've been, I've been chewing on it. I've been, it's been in my crock pot. And here's what I came up with. All the previous messages in this series are contemplative. It's internal. It's inside of us. The actualization happens in our minds. Once that revelation travels 18 inches to our hearts, the gospel becomes a verb manifesting love and truth externally through our hands, our feet, and our mouth. This is the mission of God. All right, so we've got a training thought. This is a heavy one, too. Training thought. How are, the people, how are people discovering God through the use of your hands, feet, and mouth? Now, this doesn't, like, strike our intellect. We're like, oh, let me think of an answer or show you how smart I am, right? This is not that kind of question. This question just goes straight to the heart. This is not about intellect. This is about taking inventory and going, what is my life about? Are my hands, feet, and mouth being an image bearer? Am I I actually fulfilling the purpose for which Christ saved me? This brother didn't know I was going to do this. This is a beautiful picture right here. (laughs) How are people discovering God through the use of your hands, feet, and mouth? Brother Dave here is using his hands. I don't do it right. (laughs) And our sweet sister, Shannon, is hearing the glory of God. All right? And, there's, and, this, and this, I could do this a thousand times over in this room, you guys. You guys are all incredible, what you guys are doing. But that's like the most obvious, look at this, it's cool. <clears throat> all right. So, so take inventory. Think about this yourself. This is for you. This is for us. This is an internal question. We gotta take inventory. How are my hands, my feet, and my mouth glorifying God? How are other people able to see this God we speak of through those means? All right, we're going to get into the first point of the message. If all those points weren't points, I don't know what points are. But the first point is why should we be on mission? And the first reason why we should be on mission is because Jesus just commanded it, right? He didn't was like, hey, if you feel like it, go into all the world, preach the gospel, if there's not a great series on Netflix, uh, go baptize them. <laughs> he didn't say that. He was like, you know, if, you, if you're feeling up to it, go and teach people about me. What did he say to Peter? Peter, do you love me? Of course I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Oh, I love you. I'll go to the ends of the earth and back. Of course, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me a third time? Yes, yes. You know, right? You know all things. Feed my sheep. You guys, that's the purpose for why Jesus saved us in the first place. We are to be going out, preaching the gospel right here in Peoria, Arizona. Right at that QT over there. What does that look like? Figure it out. They need to hear it. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Timothy 2.4. Jesus commanded us to. 2 Peter 2.4. It's in the T's towards the kind of tail end of the New Testament. <clears throat> Paul says something here in 2 Peter 2.4. He says, No soldier in active ser- service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him. Who here has been a Christian for more than 10 years? Dare I say 20 years? Dare I say 30 years? And 40? Okay, we've got some seasoned saints in this room. Praise God, God, right? You know, Paul, when he wrote this, he was in prison for a second time. He is now a seasoned saint. About 30 years of service to the to the master. Look at the, look at the verbiage he's saying. No soldier in active service entangles himself with the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him. 
he was close to the end and he considered himself a soldier. And who's been in the military here? Thank you for your service. Um, despite rank, do we have any generals in here? Okay, all right. So we're safe to say that if your general told you to go do something and you're like, eh, can I, can I go do this first? Or maybe can we do it this way? Hey, let me give you a recommendation, general. I've got an idea. Would that ever go off well, right? I think we hear about something called court-martial, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't work. So Paul's now, he's, he's putting himself in the category of a soldier, and I'm on mission, and he's into year 30 of this journey. That's faithfulness. That's amazing. You guys, we are soldiers for Christ, are we not? Do we get to have an input on what the mission is? No, no. It's a command, and then we say, yes, sir. So that first point is we should be on mission because Jesus commanded us to. <clears throat> Do you remember the graveside scene in Save it, Saving Private Ryan? Have you guys watched that? Saving Private Ryan? Okay. You remember, you remember this? Who, who, who has no clue about Saving Private Ryan? Who's never heard of that before? Okay. I, I, I picked like an older movie, I guess. I don't know. Okay, Saving Private Ryan is a movie where basically there's like three brothers in the military at the same time. Two of the brothers are killed in battle, so they're like on mission to go save this one brother so that the mom doesn't have to receive three letters, right? But he's in the fight. He's like in the mix of it all. And it doesn't make sense. He wants to stay there in battle. He wants to fight. But this special platoon, this special group is on mission to go save Private Ryan and pull him out and let him go home. And I'll tell you, this guy does, wants nothing more than to stay in the fight with his boys. That's what he, that's what he was made to do. That's what, but, he, but he's... Against his will, the general, right, the, the boss said, this is what the mission is, this is what's going to happen, you're out. So there's a scene in this movie where Private Ryan is a grandpa now, and he's got his family, he's got his kids, and you might be able to see it um, if we go there, right? And he's, he's talking to this, this headstone of the man who sacrificed his own life so that he could live, so that his mom would not get a third letter. That's what that is. It's crazy. And he speaks in such a way, he's weeping with tears, and he's like, I hope I didn't let you down. I hope that the life that I lived was worthy of your sacrifice. I hope the life that I lived is worthy of your life that you gave. You see, Jesus gave it all. He gave his, his life. He gave everything so that we could be alive. Check your pulse, church. Check your pulse. Are you alive? He gave it all. Lord, are we living a life worthy of your sacrifice? Have I diminished your cross? Have I made light of what you have done for me? Take inventory, church. This is, this is personal. This is deeply personal. God wants to do something in our hearts today. That's what he's about. That's why I'm here. I also have some other pictures up here. And you'll see me and a couple other guys here. And I have to tie this in because this like, movie scene like, became like real. Seven years ago, I was on a call and we got called out for someone who was not alive. And when we got there, there was a family in his, his, just hysterical. Little kids, it was, I've been in EMS, emergency medical services, for a number of years. I, it's hard to get these images out of my head. This is one of those I will take with me forever. I hold near to my heart. One of those calls that you walk away like, Wow. And I, we walk in to this house, we go through the, the family, and, and, the, and the wife is pleading, come back, and this man is dead. And he is not the color of any of us in this room. And there's CPR in progress. And stakes are high. And our training goes into automatic. And we, we do what we are trained to do. And sometimes it goes well. And people live, and sometimes we do everything we're trained to do, and it it has a bad outcome, 
And from my experiences, I've done everything right and it has a bad outcome. I've done everything wrong and it's had a good outcome. So it's really up to God. He breathes the breath of life into people. And so for this time, this moment, God decided to breathe his breath into this person. This is my buddy, Stephen, the guy in the middle right here. And the other medic is Tim. And I got to join them as one of my friends on American Heart Walk seven years ago, marching through downtown Phoenix, celebrating with his family. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. But the reason why I bring up Stephen, Stephen and Jennifer, if you're watching online, hello. I know you are. God bless you guys. The reason why I bring this story up is because what Stephen did when he was able to get out of the hospital is he walked every single day and would stop right in front of our fire station, take a knee, and thank God for his life, his second chance, and for the, the crews and all the people responsible for him to have that second chance. <laughs> and then one day, his wife and daughter came in. This is before he started doing that. They came into the station, and I'll tell you, I've never had such a tear-jerking moment in, in, a, in the fire department. Crazy. It was Crazy. And then he just walked every single day and he's praying and he's thanking. And so that reminds me of the heart of gratitude that God wants us to have for the one who gave it all for us, who has given us this second chance, who's taken us from spiritual death to spiritual life, taking the scales right off of our eyes so we can see. We're not in a natural world. We're in a supernatural world. Who knows that? May the scales come off. We're in a supernatural world. Okay, so I just wanted to bring that up because that gratitude, the Lord wants us to have that for him. May our love not grow cold. Remember what Jesus has done for you, church. Go back there and don't forget. Live in constant gratitude. All right. Why should we be on mission? Why should we be on mission? We are Christ's ambassadors. Open your, your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5, verse, verses 18 through 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 18 through 21. Now here's a special like extra. Like when you leave here today, just read all of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's like an, an incredible chapter in the Bible. It's hard to pick a section out of here and go, yeah, let's just read this. Like I, I feel like I'm doing this injustice if I don't read the whole thing, but we don't have the time for that. So please read the entire chapter. It's unbelievable. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read it out of the word of God to you. verse 18 through 21. And I might even just start at 17 for fun because it's, you know, that's what I'll do. So verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things pass away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God the, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them. Not counting their trespasses against them. Uh, I guess, oh, check your pulse. Come on. Not counting their trespasses against them. Amen. 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 All right. Now I lost myself. <laughs> Uh, reconciled, namely God, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we, we, who? We, us, all of us here, are ambassadors uh, for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I don't know how else to do it. Anyone, anyone friends with me on Facebook? I say some crazy stuff. I know I do. Right? God's given me an, an insight that is future of what is coming. It's not a fun place to live. I know where we are headed, church. It's, it's not anything cr 
look, you could just read this book. It's like the newspaper right now. Where are we headed? Perilous times, the Bible says. I plead you. Paul's like, I beg you. We should all be begging the world, please come to Jesus. Please come to Jesus. Church, this is our moment. You guys, all of us in America have PhDs in the gospel, I promise you. Just go talk to anyone in Pakistan, Kenya, these other places that the Lord has given me friends in. You know what? They, they roll up a red carpet. They're like, you're from America? Preach to us. What? You're American? You are American Christian? Please, please preach to us. You guys, the view is that we have just PhDs, and you know what? We kind of do. We know so much about this book. People are starving for it. May, may not be here yet. It's coming. Harvest is ripe, you guys. It's getting stirred up. The ground in America is getting stirred up, and in the world, it's getting stirred up for such a time as this. Get out that PhD, move that aside, and get to do AD, I guess. I don't know. Like, do it. <laughs> Just go. Right? Proclaim the gospel. All right. Sorry. I don't even know what's happening here. <laughs> okay. We are his ambassadors, though, right? We are to go. We are to represent. What is an ambassador? It's, it's someone that's like at home or away? Away. You guys, you know that we're just visiting? You know we're just passing through? You know this is not our home, right? Like that's, if you weren't told that, hey, you're a Christian now, you're, this is not your home. We're just visiting. We're just visiting. Okay? And ambassadors, we're declaring what the king wants. We're a representation of the will of who we represent. We represent the, the, the will of the father. And he who does the will of the father is the one that is not going to be discarded. That's another sermon. You guys, we are ambassadors. We're just visiting. We're just here for a time. This ain't our home, and we were singing about that. Someone's preparing a place for us, and he's coming again. And he's going to receive us. But until that day, we, we're still here. We've got a work to do, right? Uh, why should we be on mission? All right, let's go to the next one. I don't know. Oh, that red doesn't show very well, does it? I'm sorry. All right. Why should we be on mission? Turn your Bibles to Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Jesus doesn't hold our transgressions against us. When we grab a hold of him, he's, as far as the east is from the west, so have our sins been removed. I just got to nail that home, right? That's the good news. You guys, we are all sinful. And we're all sinners and we have our track record that's like just roll out the scroll and that was yesterday, right? Yeah. We, are all, we're, we are not holier than thou. We, have, we are a mess. But praise God. Yes. Praise God for the blood of Jesus. As far as the east is from the west, so have your sins been removed. Isn't that something that's worth talking about? Matthew 5, 13 through 16, the reason... We should be on mission. Good works demonstrates God's love to a dying world. This is where this message is going to get pretty crazy. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men or by people. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We are to be manifesting the glory of God through good works. We are to go out there and do good things. Not so people go, wow, look at how nice Christian is. He is, man, he, he, he's really, really awesome. You know, 
he is, <laughs> right? But it's not for his glory, it's for the Father's. We're to glorify the Father through the goodness that we are out manifesting. Um, and, and I'm going to move on. There's so much in that verse I could go through, but I'm going to move on. Because another point is, why should we be on mission? Because people suffer when we are not on mission. When we're not on mission, there's people that will suffer. Um, I hate to pull someone out and call them out. Debbie Rice, are you in here? Debbie? Watch oh, she's watching online. Is her family here? Oh, yeah, I see. So I love this, this family. Um, it's a picture of a family who is bonded together through foster care and adoption. And if our sweet sister wasn't willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and like, not, it's not like, um, you know, a, a one-day decision, right? This is like a lifetime. These kids would suffer, right? You kids are blessed. God has favor on you. He's given you a woman of God, and through those good works, God is glorified. So let me show you what this picture is, okay? So beginning of COVID uh, 2020, I'm on social media. I got a message on Instagram. It's from someone in Kenya named Jeffrey. I'd never talked to him before and don't even know the guy. But I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, so we, we start a conversation and I'm willing to talk to just about anyone, really. And so we get on video calls and he's starting to share his story and what's going on. And he lives in Kenya and his wife, Dolphine, they have 22 orphans God has given them under their care. But I want to make sure this guy's not a scammer. I want to make sure he's the real deal. You know how it is, the internet, right? So we start to vet and go through a process and I find out that the word of God is like living out of this guy's mouth. I know the spirit of God is in this man. I'm like, let me sit down and be your pupil, right? Let me sit down and be your student. The God is alive in this man. And so I hear the story and I hear what, what's happening over a period of time. And at that time, in the beginning of 2020, locusts had invaded Kenya. And the only way they were feeding these 22 orphans was by planting crops. And their crops were devastated. And these kids were rationing. And like, you can see the bones and stuff. Like this is like, if something doesn't happen, you, like people are going to get hurt. If, if someone doesn't do something, God, please do something. People are going to hurt, get hurt. You know how God is? He's like, yeah, that's you. Do something, Scott. I've commissioned you to go and, go and make disciples and do good works. So I'm like, well, I don't know what this looks like. Never, I've never done this before. I'm trying to figure it out in another country, and that's another story that'll come in a little bit. But I just put it out. I just tell stories, and I have a marketing business, and I tell company stories, and people get to learn about businesses because I just open my mouth about it, and I tell it through video and whatnot, but that's another story. So I just like, okay, let me just market them. <laughs> let me just tell their story. Let me share it with the body of Christ. Let's just see what God's gonna do. And you know what God does? Moves mountains, crazy, crazy stuff. I'll share here in a little bit. But they were in a dire situation in that moment. March 2020, in a world where the world went stop and everyone suffered loss, they experienced increase by the grace of God, by the glory of God. They have not been hungry since, you guys. That's God. That's the God we serve. And that's his church. That's all of you saying, we won't let this happen. We're not going to tolerate this. You guys, we're, we're in the world and we're to, we're to resist evil. We're to preserve good. We're to go do good works. And people are going to go, oh my gosh, God is alive. I can see it. In those people, I see it. God is alive. It's not, a, it's not just another book. It's a living God. That's what it's to be. Wow. I'm, okay, let's go. <laughs> okay. Second point. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, how has God equipped us for the mission? Remember, I told you this was a series, right? It, it's trying to condense it down, all right? So I warned you about that. Okay, how has God equipped us for the mission? He has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to dive into it. Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also, ha- after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. The same spirit that, li- that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of us. He dwells in us. He's in us. Uh, Come on. That was like, he dwells in us. Yes. You guys, God has given us and equipped us for everything that we need to be able to go do the work. He wouldn't tell us to go do the work and go like, well, good luck. I don't know how you're going to do it. Get out the door. No, he's like, I'm going to give you something. Jesus is like, it's better that I go because the comforter is going to come. And he's going to empower you to be his witnesses, Acts chapter 1 says. He's going to give you power that's supernatural. It's, I try and explain to a non-believer what a Christian is, and it's crazy. Right? Like, how do you do this? Like, You guys, it's supernatural. This is a miracle of God. Five senses, right? The sight, hear, touch taste, right? The five senses. Being a Christian, you have a sixth sense. It's supernatural. It's, it's unexplainable unless, you, unless you've experienced it. We were born in our trespasses and sins. We were born spiritually dead. We have no life and we don't even know it. We're walking around thinking we're alive, living life, enjoying, doing our thing. We're dead. We're spiritually dead. And then the spirit of God comes upon a person, gives them power, shows them the gospel, illuminates their mind and their hearts, and they now receive the Holy Spirit with promise in its supernatural life. They live, and they're like, oh my goodness, who has, who has gone through that process in here? Who has, who has gone from death to life? You were, you were living your life, thought you figured, had life all figured out, and then all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes upon you, and you're like, oh my goodness, this is life. This is love. Unbelievable. That's the God we serve. That's a Christian. You're going from death to life. The scales have come off. You can see you were deaf. Now you can hear. How has, the, how has God equipped us for the mission? Also in Acts 4. I'm going to set this up real quick. Acts chapter 4. You can turn there. This is a point where Peter denies Jesus three times. Like totally. Jesus like, I'm going to go to the cross. Like it's, the closer he got to the cross, the more deserted he was. There was no one around for him. He got to the cross alone, Right? He went there alone. He had like hundreds of people around him before that, but as soon as he got close to that, he was alone. Peter denies him, everyone. They see the resurrection power of the cross. They see Jesus alive. He manifests to him, and and he's like showing him then that he has conquered death, that the victory is given to the gospel, to those who receive the gospel. There's no more death that we have to worry about. We have the resurrection power to look forward to. He's going to rise us from the dead just as he rose from the dead. Amen? Amen. So in Acts chapter 4, four through, uh, 5 through 13, Peter, this guy that like couldn't even talk about Jesus you know, without trying to save his own neck, boldly preaches the gospel. He's like, you guys, the one that was prophesied in the Old Testament... He did everything. He is the Christ. He's the Messiah, the one that you crucified, right? And he's like, he does this awesome sermon. 5,000 people give their lives to Christ. And then the trouble starts. Because the, 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 the same rulers that put our Lord to death had something to say. Acts chapter 4. Uh, let me go here. You guys hanging on? You guys all right? Okay, all right. Acts chapter 4. <laughs> Acts chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 5 through 13. On the, on the next day, the, their rulers, elders, and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. These, this was the group. This is, these are the guys that, like, if they could tell you to, you to be put to death, Right? And when they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire. Oh, by the way, they just like came to the temple before this. Before that big sermon, they came to the temple. And there's this dude that's paralyzed. Like he can't even walk. Like his whole life, he's just, he's lame. It's just, it's like, wow, it's a tough life, right? 
He's like, hey, do you have some money for me? And they're like, silver and gold have I none, but such as I get, have I give to you in the name of Jesus. And as rise up and walk, pick up your mat. He gets up and he walks. So then 5,000 people heard the gospel and they got saved. And now there's commotion. Okay? So that's what we're walking into. Uh, verse 7, when they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to this man has been made well, then let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. <laughs> he is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no one, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Powerful. Where did you get that courage? You see, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. When he does that, he comes upon us in power. He gives us a courage that's supernatural. You guys, we don't have the courage to face what we're facing in this world. We don't. You better find out where to find it. God's willing to give it. He wants to empower you to be courageous and speak in a way that is supernatural and to face things, to face certain death. Peter, watch what these guys were able to do. He knew that opening his mouth could lead to his death, and yet he spoke. Amazing, church. God has something for you today. He really does. He wants to empower you to be his witness in a very dark, dark hour, in a hard time. How do we normalize being on mission? This is the third point. How do we do it? Personal revival has to start right here. If we don't experience personal revival, if God does not get a hold of these hearts, it's over. If he doesn't Get rid of that PEA, pulseless electrical activity. Looks alive, but is really dead. If he does not do something about that, it's over. If you don't plead to God to give life, breathe his breath into you, if you don't plead for that, if this gospel has no penetration to your heart, watch out. It's not good. I read the rest of this thing. It doesn't end well for you. It doesn't. But if this penetrates your heart, and that PEA gets electricity to it, and boom, you become alive. And it, you look alive, and you sound alive, and you're courageously alive, I promise you, God will give you everything required to face what you've got to face and live in victory. Matthew 15, 8 and 9 says, This people honor me with their, their lips, but their heart is far away from me, and in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Don't just show up at church and just play church and then go back to normal. Don't do it, church. Don't do it. Don't have the appearance of being alive but being dead. It doesn't end well for you. If God does not get a hold of your heart, how are they going to hear? We are the church in this generation, 2021, in Peoria, Arizona, that God has ordained and commissioned to go. And preach the gospel. And if we're not going to do it, shame on us. That's, that's not a gospel I read about in this Bible. It's not. So this is a message that's going to challenge our hearts. It's a tough question. How is your hands, feet, and mouth glorifying God the Father? It's tough. These are tough. Here's another way God will allow you to be on mission and to normalize the mission. I got to just tell you what God has done in my heart is crazy. He gave me awesome partners. He gave us this, the partnership here. We've got awesome partners right here. You want to normalize being on mission, get in touch with someone here who's on mission and make it part of normal, okay? They're all sitting in this room. I'm looking across a room full of them, okay? So grab a hold of someone that's living it. Thank you, Pastor, for living it. Um, so, all right, so here we go. Uh, go to the, it says, uh, partner with people who are living it, okay? So I just got to tell you what has happened, okay? In the last five years, God gave me partners in other countries, and, like, he just moved mountains, and I can't even believe what he's done. 
It's crazy. Like, when you read the passage where he says he can move mountains, and it's theory, but then it go, jumps off the page and comes real life, you're like, what? <laughs> this Bible's for real. Okay, so what you're looking at, this guy uh, in the top, top corner here, he's got some money in his hand. This is my brother, Numan. He's in Pakistan. He is a soldier for Christ Jesus. He has, he has no rights in Christ. He's a bond servant of Christ. Does that make sense? He's chosen to be all in at the risk of his own life. 98% of this country's Muslim. 2% are Christian. You share your faith, you're likely to get yourself dead. Okay? He doesn't have PEA, I promise. Okay? By the glory of God, Jesus got a hold of this man's heart and he's living for Christ. So in 2020, when the world went dead and everything stopped, we had been serving, this man had been serving there's 30,000 brick kilns in, Ken, in, in Pakistan, 30,000 forced labor camps, essentially, where they are in debt slavery, where they take a debt, and then their whole family is in this debt slavery, and they work it off, or they, actually, they never work it off. The next generation is born into it, and they're slaves their whole life. These kids don't go to school. They don't, they don't do anything but make bricks. They learn to walk and make bricks at the same time. 30,000 of these in Pakistan. Okay, it's tragic. The most destitute people I've ever seen. God, you got to do something. God, God, this is not fair. No, no, you got to do something. Do you hear me, church? God, you got to do something. Scott, do something. I've commissioned you. Go. I've given you good works in advance. And so for five years, we, we did something. We didn't see a lot of traction, but at least these kids had some food and some clothes and some stuff. And this faithful servant just doing it. But I just tell this story. I just, just church, hey, here's what's going on. This is the opportunity. And in 2020, when the world stopped and everything was done, and all your vacations got canceled, God moved mountains. Because that's our God. He moved mountains. He moved the hearts. He stirred the hearts of, of, of people. And you know what God did? He devised a plan that said, hey, for five years we've been giving them food, water, uh, education, clothes, and they're still slaves. What would it mean for them to be free? What would it look like? Well, I don't know, God. This has never been done in this area. God devised a plan. And in 2020, seven families went free from slavery. A plan where you literally pay off their debt. They would never pay it off in their lifetime, ever. Pay it off, rent a vehicle, rent a house for two years, transport this family out of debt slavery into a house where the cupboard's full of food. <laughs> cool, right? Check your pulse. Please check your pulse. <gasps> right? My goodness, how do I tell a story and like you guys aren't like just cheering like Cardinals fans? <laughs> right? Check your pulse. The, the pantry's full of food, and this family is free and living as a family for the first time, and then launch businesses with each of these individuals, right? Crazy, crazy. And so seven families in 2020. In 2021, we've only been able to release one family, but that just happened about a month ago. So in total, 54 slaves have been free, set free, with a completely new life, and they're part of a local church, and that church is also being supplied to, to feed these sheep. Yeah. It's okay to clap. And that's just a portion of what's going on. If you can go to the previous slide real quick. Or no, 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 back. Go back. Okay, so here is the second family went free, Brother, Brother Barber. Okay, top left. They're on, this is the day that they got set free. Okay. One year later. One year later. And we, we picked them number second because their, their daughters were in danger, okay? It was not safe for them to be in that environment anymore. It was dangerous, okay? One year later, this just happened. This last week, you're looking at the new bride, the daughter of Brother Barber. It's unbelievable, guys. This is the gospel. This is the church. This is the spirit of the living God living inside of people, and he does the impossible. And if you look at the next slide, there's just countless, there's one, some, those, those seven families that first went free, they funded an evangelistic event, 
and fed a bunch of people and a bunch of people gave their hearts to Christ. Uh, a couple months ago, like 55 people were baptized as new believers in Jesus. 450 Bibles were distributed in Pakistan. It's crazy. It's crazy. It makes no sense, but that's our God moving mountains. That's our, we do our good works before man because our God is worthy of all the glory and praise. Right? All right, so the next, the next slide. I'm going to just back to Brother Jeffrey in Dolphin in Kenya. The 22 orphans, remember them? In, in a year where the world stopped, God moved mountains. A two, almost a two-decade-old problem where they had to go two kilometers to get water got solved, and they got a well right on their property. That's our God. And then a 10-stall bathroom got built right there on the property. And Cornerstone, uh, Cornerstone Cross Train said, we're going to bless those kids with some beds and some pillows and some mattresses and mosquito nets and blankets. And then they did some more blessing, and, and they just got a bunch of chickens for sustainable food outside of just crops. That's the newest development. That's breaking news, by the way. Okay? Pretty amazing, right? Uh, I, can, I can't even put it all into words. This is Sister Severa and her grandfather, Brother Sadiq. He's not in these images, though. Yeah, he, he fell, but she is, uh, she's just got a heart for people. She may not know all the reasons why we're supposed to love people. She doesn't have the PhD, but you know what she's got? She's got a pulse. She loves the Lord. God is good. And so these kids have been faithfully being taken care of. These are more kids on Brook Hillens. They've been hearing. I've had opportunities to preach to these kids and give them the word of God and just love on them. And, and guys, there's just opportunities. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet out there if you go love on people. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet. God's saying, come on, church. Let's show the world what this city on the hill is all about. This is our moment to shine. As the world grows dark, the church gets really bright. Hallelujah. This is our moment, church. So you guys, I thank you for listening to me today. I thank you for listening to the word of God. God wants to defibrillate our hearts. He wants us to take us out of PEA, out of death and into resurrection life. And that is done through the cross. Amen. The God of the universe that spoke everything into existence made us in his very image but that's just genetics until we let him get a hold of our spirit and give us spiritual life. We're still made in his image on a physical. And if you look at the genetic level, if you've ever heard of laminin, it's like what connects our tissue together. It's a cross. God put his like DNA fingerprint on you at a genetic level. So even if you don't believe in God, you physically already declare his glory. Because <laughs> he, he's the creator. That's our God. But he wants you, he wants you to be an image bearer spiritually. He wants to take you from spiritual death to spiritual life and realize that the God of the universe loves you so much. He came down from heaven, became a man, lived the perfect life that we can't live. And then he died the death that we deserved. And that cross, he says, it is finished. Amen. And everything required for you to be declared righteous with God is to believe on the one who gave it all for you. Jesus is the Christ. He's the son of the living God. He is God in the flesh. And he took everything required for your redemption on that cross. And you can experience spiritual life. That's what's, that's what's to offer. That's what's to offer. And so as I close, if, this, if God has touched your heart today, you might have been in church your whole life. You might have heard about it. You might even have a PhD in it. But if he's not breathing through you, if you know that you just don't have life, you can have all sorts of information about God. Hear me, church. You can have all sorts of information about God. But if he's not living inside of you and you can't help but tell the world about it, man, he wants to, he wants to transform your whole life. He wants to take the scales off your eyes. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be in union fellowship with you. So if that's you today, in a little bit, we're gonna have some time of ministry opportunity where there's some leaders. Me and my wife will be back there. But come towards the back of the room. We wanna talk with you. We wanna pray with you. Anything you need. If you need prayer, you come to the back of the room. We're gonna pray for you because God is good and he is alive. Check your pulse, church. You alive? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.